0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
1: The issue of trust. We're all witnessing the global collapse of old systems and the downfall of the untrustworthy. So how easily is trust to be broken? A simple miscommunication, a risky trade, a poor decision, a broken promise... Not just things that affect us personally, but it affects businesses, governments, churches and charities. A lack of trust can result in lagging performance, compliance issues, a media backlash and can quickly escalate into a flood of complaints. A sellout, a walkout, a strike, an investigation or the loss of an election. The organisation called Entente has helped to pick up the pieces many times to mediate and to restore internal and external trust. Our special guest today believes that this is a time to bring a fresh approach to what it's going to take to elevate trust and to transform the way we do things in our businesses, in our families, in our communities. Vanessa Hall is the President, CEO and founder of Entente. She works with clients around the world analyzing, advising, teaching, consulting, and mentoring in the building and restoration of trust. Vanessa is also the author of a book called The Truth About Trust in Business, and Vanessa is joining us. Hello, Vanessa. Welcome along to 2020. Hi. Thanks for having me. Vanessa, we're on the phone to you from Canada today, and uh, wonderful to talk to you. Uh, How are things in Montreal? Is it snowing? What's the weather like for, for you in Montreal?
2: Actually, right now it's um, it's a balmy six degrees. Uh, it has been. Um, I've had minus twenty two uh, degrees here in uh, in December. So it's been quite
1: an awakening for me <laughs> i'm sure he's, because he's been
2: having the opposite problems there
1: <laughs> because you're uh, you're an aussie and uh, so you find yourself there in montreal you're on business aren't you with uh, your organization called entente you better give us an in a nutshell uh what entente is about what it means and what you do
2: yeah sure So on Tom, I started um, just over 12 years ago now um, and the whole focus of what I do is around uh, helping people understand what exactly trust is because it's a word that we use all the time. Um, We know it's important but what I've found in the work that I've done, not only in Australia but around the world, is we really don't have a very good handle on this concept of trust and what is it that's going on, how is it built how does it break down? What do we all do that contributes to that? And, and how can we get a whole lot better at, um, at building and restoring trust in our businesses, our, our families and our communities? So yeah, so I've been uh, writing and traveling, training and advising um, lots of different people from grassroots communities in a right through to political parties um, and NGOs and so on um, in, this, uh, in this whole concept of trust.
3: I found myself
2: here in in Montreal um, as a response to some some challenges and things here in Canada and and, uh, North America.
1: I guess most of our conversation will be about the church and a breakdown of trust perhaps from the people towards the church and this is not something that's only apparently happening here in Australia, but uh, it's also happening there in Canada. Uh, When you look at the church in Canada, uh, there's been a a big turning away from the church in Canada, as I understand it. How do you describe that, and what's the relationship with trust in all of that?
2: Yeah, look at um, Canada, but also in in lots of parts of Europe as well, uh, definitely seeing a massive breakdown of trust here in Montreal, or in in Quebec in particular, that the church is—I um, would say, for a lot of people that I meet, a lot of the, the Quebecois—they actually hate the church. It's not just a—it's not just um, they—they stopped going. Um, there's a hatred towards the church. In fact, in in Quebec, uh, four out of the five major swear words are actually words directly against the church. Um, so it's, I find like it fascinating that God of all the places and maybe that's why you know because there's, you know there's such there's such a major issue here um, and it's it's around the way in which the church um, came into um, in this, into the region um, here and you know the influence that it had on on families and um, people saw it as quite quite destructive to culture uh, and we see this a lot in different parts of the world um, but yeah the, the decline of trust in the church, is, you know is a very real phenomenon that we need to get our head around um, and and it's happening for very good reasons as well.
1: well it's very uh, it's very challenging to hear uh, you're talking about the church in Quebec where the people don't just turn their backs on the church but there's actually a hatred for the church. Uh, let me ask you about why you think that, has come about uh, certain words will come to the fore like hypocrisy uh, those sorts of things that have accompanied perhaps uh, the you know royal commissions into uh, childhood uh, all of the uh, the abuse that's gone on uh, over many decades now what are the reasons that you've gleaned why people have turned their back on the church in quebec in canada uh, and uh, what might be happening here in australia
2: yeah. Look, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of, uh, you know, the the thing that we've got to get our head around is, at the end of the day, the church is meant to be you know, representing, you know, it's representing God, it's representing Jesus and His teaching you know, here on Earth, um, and yet, uh, you know, on one hand, people might be hearing, you know, some of these messages, you know, we're you know we're reading the Bible, you know. A lot of Christians are very good at quoting Bible verses and so on, um, but the but the life and the way in which uh, we're living is simply not reflecting that, um, and so yeah, hypocrisy is is a massive issue, um, not just here but you know but elsewhere. The, um, the the child sex abuse was certainly an issue here. The Catholic Church in particular and you know, had a big um, had a big influence in in Quebec. So it's a, a lot of the hatred is towards. Catholicism. Um, generally speaking, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot, a lot of churches here um, that are just the doors are closed, they're locked. The, the, nobody even goes there anymore. And I've seen the same thing uh, when I was in Norway, you um, know, and some of the, the Nordic countries um, to the extent that, that people actually rotate around the different churches just to keep buildings, um, you know, somewhat used at least. Um, but you know the, the expectations of the the people have of church of you know, people who who attend church of the leaders in the church um, are high as they should be, and we're falling short. We're falling short in a big way. And I'm just what concerns me the most is that I'm not really seeing um, a movement towards really stepping up and and taking a hold of this and taking it seriously. Uh, that, that's, that's the thing that concerns me the most. You know, we're all we're all human, you know we, we make mistakes but I, I, I think we're just we're hiding and we can't hide anymore.
1: Um, and that's very clear. Of course, in a conversation like this, uh, we don't want to just uh, be talking the negatives. Uh, we want to be able to talk about, as you describe, a movement towards a restoration of trust. And I wonder, because no doubt listeners will want to contribute to our conversation too, uh, perhaps describing what they think of trust in the church today. But when it comes to a movement towards a restoration of trust, some people will be shaking their heads saying, where do we start? Uh, What are your thoughts, Vanessa? Yeah,
2: look, I think... I think the first thing we've got—we've really got to get our head around—is what, what are we actually really talking about here? Um, and you know, when I talk about trust, in particular, there's, there's two parts to it. In the sense that we've got—we've got trust as in the way in which we talk about trust in our human relationships, our the, our, our organisations. Um, there are clear expectations. There are needs that people have, and there are there are promises that are being made. Those three things are what I call ENPs, expectations, needs, promises. They play out in the way in which we choose to trust. So we trust in that sense is a choice. We choose to um, to trust in, in the church and then we trust them for, for different reasons. Um, so some people are attracted to church because they feel that they're going to get a sense of belonging, they're going to be loved and um, there's going to be lots of connection there. Others go for a sense of, Safety. It makes them feel safe and secure. Um, others go to learn um, and, and grow. And um, you know, there's different reasons why we actually attracted to the church. And when those things are um, misunderstood or not taken seriously, um, then the then the church chips away at um, you know at, at that trust. So we we have to first understand that we're talking about trust in terms of just. How it is that we, we, we're we relying on these, on the institution of the church um, to do certain things for us, to give us that, as I said, that sort of sense of connection and, and so on. There are lots of promises that the church makes um, about, you know, what what's going to happen, you know, when you walk in through our doors and so on, and how you're going to be embraced, and we're like a family and all those sorts of things. And I've seen time and time again where those promises are just simply broken um, because we haven't got a handle on. Um, what it, how much it is that people are relying on those things, um, and why they're walking through our doors. So, get, so understanding that we're talking about trust in that sense, but we're also talking about trust in, in the concept of, of faith. So, what does it actually mean to trust in God, um, and how how does that work, and how different is that, and what impact does When people walk through the door of a church with an expectation that they're going to be welcomed and loved and cared for, and that's very important to them, and that's what's what's promised, Um, and they fill in the little card, you know, because they're visitors and they've they've not been before, and um, they get an email or a letter or something, and then they don't hear from anybody again. What happens for those people, and it happens way more than we realize, is that those people not only lose...
1: Vanessa is our guest on the line from Canada and Vanessa as we have talked about the Canada situation you mentioned the state of Quebec in Canada where people have not just turned their back on the church they actually hate the church. And because of hypocrisy, of historic sexual abuse, the church is at rock bottom there, and and now talking about how trust is restored in the church. Uh, if you talk about that question, how did we fall this far? As I say, rock bottom is, are we at rock bottom? Could things get a whole lot worse even? What are your thoughts, Vanessa? Yeah, look,
2: there's, um, there's a number of different studies, not just around the church, but just generally in, in society, Um, uh, there's a group called Edelman that do a a trust barometer every year uh, and they're looking at trust in government, in corporates, in NGOs
1: um, and
2: in media. Um, And, of course, the biggest issue at the moment now is around this whole, um, what they're calling the battle for truth. This is now the battle for truth. People, you know, the whole fake news and all those sorts of things. Uh, We're we're in quite a unique space right now where people are searching for... Um, who they can trust. They want to know who can we trust. Whose voice can we trust? And um, this uh, this year, the media was actually the first time the media was actually the least trusted um, global institution um, in the, the studies that they've been doing. Um, we don't even trust each other so much anymore. There used to be a peer to peer trust. Um, but that's now in decline as well, and there's a there's a scramble around the world for people who, who are trying to find who, who do we listen to and who, who can we trust in terms of um, the voice. So who is the voice of truth? Uh, I think it's an it's an amazing opportunity for the church to step up. Um, however, the church is also uh, you know one of the one of the least trusted um, institutions because of things that um, we talked about, hypocrisy and um, you know child sex abuse and, and so on. So Um, it's an opportunity but it's one that we have to take very seriously and um, and I'm not seeing um, yet a a real definite and distinct movement towards yes, we need to restore trust and and this is now what we actually need to do about that and I think part of it is, is that people don't know what to do.
1: People don't. Let's take some calls. Let's hear from Steve in Parks in New South Wales. Hello Steve, welcome along. Yeah, good G'day, Brother Neil and Sister Vanessa. How are you both today? Uh, very well, thank you. Uh, what are your thoughts for our conversation today, Steve?
4: It's a very tough subject, this trust business. I, I think we all have major problems with trust right now. But when you look at the, the, the American dollar bill, there's a thing on it, I believe, It says, In God We Trust. Uh, firstly, I claim progress. I don't claim perfection. I stuff up myself. I make mistakes all the time. But on that dollar bill, it says, In God We Trust. How can we trust the leadership of uh, Western democracies when, um, um, what was I, I'm just trying to think, uh, they've done away with openness, transparency, um, um, openness, transparency, accountability in all government procedures. And you'll find in most Western democracies public servants are being gagged around the world. And if they say a word immediately, not only are they destroyed, their careers are destroyed, their lives are destroyed. And if you wipe out truth, accountability, trust and openness in, in Western democracies, where's the
1: trust? Because we look to our leaders and they want to wipe that out. And along with that's gone the Ten Commandments. Okay, Steve. A lot in the things that you're saying there. A response from Vanessa to Steve in parks in New South Wales.
2: Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, great questions, and um, yeah, this is certainly not um, not a simple thing to address. Um, look, and one of the things that uh, that we're seeing now, even with this whole you know this hashtag Me Too uh, you know campaign that's that's happening around the globe, is that. Where in the past we've looked to leaders you know, and we look, we're looking to our leaders, our, our political, our government leaders, our leaders of um, of corporates and things to, to to show us the way. Like we want them, we want to be able to trust them and they're simply not, um, they're not stepping up to the plate and they, and they haven't been trustworthy. And so we're starting to see very much grassroots movements that are saying, you know, enough is enough we you know we're now going to call people to account if you if they can't hold themselves to account we're going to call them to account um, and so that's that's an interesting phenomenon that of course social media is is assisting but it but it also has the potential to be dangerous as well and it can become a bit of a, a witch hunt
1: um,
2: which is you know some of what we've seen as well so um, yes we've got some major issues around um, around how trust uh, and trustworthiness has betrayed him you know in leadership. And frankly, I think it's one of the, it's certainly one of the reasons why we've got to look at this also from a faith perspective. And what does the Bible actually tell us about um, about trust? Um, in fact, there's nothing, this is really, really interesting. There's nothing in the Bible that I've seen that actually tells us that we're to trust one another. In fact, the commandment as we know is that we love one another. So you know, there's there's a very interesting dynamic uh, at play there around um, the fact that we are and, and always have been you know, we've had issues of trust.
1: All right. Well, let's uh, th- thank you so much to Steve from Parks. Our talkback line open one 316 three sixteen three sixteen. Let's take another call. Russell is in Slacks Creek in Brisbane. Hello, Russell. Welcome along.
3: Hello. How are you?
1: Very well, Hi. Russell. What are your thoughts? Um,
3: I was in a church. And um, I had a crisis up here and in Melbourne at the same time, with the pilgrim night. I run the church for prayer, nothing else. That's the cover me, you know, to get me through it. Anyway, uh, I went to church on the on the Sunday. Nothing was said to me. On the Monday morning, I got a phone call from the pastor, not to come back to church. Oh,
1: okay, all right.
3: So, really threw me, you know, because um, I was looking for just prayer support in the church. Uh, I'm not blaming God. What you're saying, the last person said, there are things going on. I see it all. And they, you know, I'm trusting God with it all. You know, the friendship's not there. I know other people who haven't got the friendship in the church and they're not in church because there's no fellowship. Mm.
1: Russell, you're bringing out some important points about uh, this level of integrity and, uh, and keeping your word in church life and uh, that simple thing, we'll pray for you uh, you do want that to be uh, something that if someone says we'll pray for you we'll pray for you and uh, there's an interesting uh, aspect in all of that uh, that we all need to be taking account for because uh, the idea of pastoral care for one another uh, is an important thing love one another uh, a few thoughts from Vanessa for, uh, for Russell
2: yeah, hi Russell, and I'm sorry to, to hear that that's happened for you. Um, sadly, your story is not. Um, you know, you're not the only one that, with that story, I hear this. I hear very similar stories around the world. Um, and I, what's happening within the church? I, I really don't believe that we've got a handle on. Um, what I was talking about um, uh, before the news break was um, there are different reasons why people come to church, and people are seeking different things. And one of the things I've recommended to a number of churches, um, you know, that I've uh, done a bit of work with, is is find out, what do what what corporates do and things, and and um, and find out why is it that people are actually walking through your door? What are they seeking? What what promises were made that that drew them to you? So that you actually have an understanding about um, why people are trusting um, in the church, uh, and and for goodness' sake, then put. Put the right processes, put the teams and people together to to serve uh, in accordance with that. Um, I think you know, yeah, I get everybody's busy, and it's you know it's often run largely with volunteers and so on. But the church really is our, you know, it's our way of, of it's the outworking of our faith. And if people don't see it, it doesn't matter what we say. Um, it doesn't matter how many Bible verses we can quote. Um, but if people don't see it in action, you know, it's the whole faith versus works debate. If they don't see it in action, then they simply don't trust it. Um, and that, that's what we've got to get ahead around in the church.
1: Thank you so much to Russell in Brisbane, 1 800 316 316. Although we'll probably need to limit our calls today because a slightly shortened conversation and uh, there's some important issues to get to with Vanessa. Uh, but let's take a call. Robin is in Mount Morgan in Queensland. Hello, Robin.
2: Yes, hi. Um, Most of what you've, um, most of what I was going to say, has been said already about love as being the most important thing. But I think the church is becoming more, um, too much. Well, it's becoming sin oriented rather than God centred. Because I think that, I mean, God is love, and if we, if we're really God centred, then we'll be loving, we'll be understanding, and we'll be forgiving toward others. And I'm talking about toward Christians and non Christians. Because love is the key. Jesus said that his disciples will be known for their love for one another. And that's what I think. I think the focus
3: has shifted to looking out for sins, and that's, I think that's wrong.
1: Uh, Robin, good thoughts. Uh, response from Vanessa.
3: Yeah,
2: thanks, Robin. Um, look, it, it, it's at the, the, the heart of the work that I do uh, from a theological perspective, so I'm actually doing my Master's in Theology at Morling College, the, the Baptist Theological College, and, and really starting to look at this distinction between the trust versus love. Now, the, and the, the key thing that I talk about is I don't believe we can truly love the way the Bible tells us that we're to love one another unless we're trusting God. Oh. Um, you know, and there's ma- many Bible verses, my favorite verse in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord you know, with all your heart and lean not on your God. own understanding in you know, all your ways. Submit to him, and you know he will direct our paths. Um, if we're not trusting God, it means we're trusting other people, and we're trusting in other things, and they will constantly let us down. And if they're letting us down, we're hurting. And if we're hurting, it's hard to try It's hard to love. Um, it's hard to love somebody who's completely betrayed you. It's hard to love, you know, somebody and and be completely forgiving to, you know, to someone who's really hurt us um, and, and broken. us um, And that's why we're told don't don't trust. Um, so much in those in those other people love them, trust God, um, and you know that, that can be a difficult thing. And it's a very very important message. It's not a message that I hear um, spoken about in the church. Um, but uh, I've, I've done training with with pastors through in you know, parts of Africa that have said I'd, I've never understood the concept of forgiveness um, in the, in that sense because it's something that I think we really. You know, we really wrestle with, um, and we've we've got to get our head around it a whole lot better.
1: Thank you so much to Robin in Mount Morgan. Let's take a call from Alfred in Perth, in WA. Uh, hello, Alfred. Welcome along.
0: Thank you. Good morning. Um, I, I just wanted to, uh, to to share with you. You know, um, uh, I've recently uh, been been, uh, been granted a, a miraculous um, event. Uh, and and I was just reflecting this morning that uh, you know uh, the, the 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 adage uh, seeing is believing uh, is probably uh, con- can contribute to the, the discussion. Which actually, after having experienced this, this wonderful uh, event, um, it's more perhaps the other way around. Believing is, is the um, precursor of seeing, and. Uh, and if, if somebody doesn't really understand uh, what a miracle is, or as I experienced it, then, then the belief system is somewhat uh, uh, eroded or, or, or weak, and um, and then people seek, uh, you know, um, seek, uh, affirmation and whatnot from celebrities and, and idolatry. So um, I, I teach, and in, in my class, uh, I ask students, uh, you know, if, if you're using a like a Type scale of 1 to 10 being and rate yourself in terms of honesty, um, and I get answers like uh, I'm a 6 out of 10 or 7 out of 10, um, I then tell them, you know, honesty is uh, absolute, it's either going to be a 1 or a 10, and this whole idea of there being a, um, a white lie or a, a, a semi-truth or you know, what we're calling a false or fake news is, is, is prevalent. Uh, where does it start? Is it uh, in, at home? Uh, in school or in, in community.
1: Alfred, good thoughts in that and a response from Vanessa because I can hear what Alfred is getting at here uh, when we might start with a self-assessment on how trustworthy we are uh, to one another and, uh, and how that might start uh, with individuals and then that might grow. What is your thoughts, Vanessa, about uh, starting with the individual and then even moving towards processes of how you rebuild trust?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so two things I just wanted to pick up on. Thanks, Alfred. Um, the, the first one, I mean, you were talking about, you know, believing, you know, before seeing. And, and this is the real distinction between trust in our human relationships and in our, in our human constructs versus faith or, or trust. The word faith and trust, of course, are used interchangeably. Um, but when we're, when we're trusting in a, um, in a, in a human context, we do rely on what we can see and what we hear and and our experiences and things, and that, and, and when we're, we're trusting very much on those things, whereas as we know, faith is is to not rely on any of those things. Don't don't rely on what you can see and hear and and, and feel, but to just to just step out in faith. And so, um, you know, there's an interesting dynamic that's playing out there, but but very much. Um, Yes, a self-assessment. I mean, the, the very first uh, module, if I'm if I'm teaching these concepts of trust, is the first place we start is is ourselves. Look at what what is it that I'm actually doing? Um, and in fact, it was the whole thing started for me with a with a Mother's Day card that my son gave me that um, told me, amongst other things, that I sometimes keep my promises. <laughs> and when I quizzed him on this, and he just said you just don't keep your promises. You know, you say we're going to go to the movies and then we don't on You know, he really shone the light on on um, on me and levels levels of trustworthiness you know, in times when I you know let let people down. So you know, there's a process. It's the, we have to start with ourselves um, and then move outwards from there. So how do we then you know if we're looking at trust in, in a church context? We'll start with ourselves. We'll start with the leadership. Let's look at the, the church um, as a family, as a body of Christ. Um, and what's actually happening there, and why do people come to the church, and what promises are we making, and and how, and are we living this out? Are we really living this out um, the way that we're told and taught to, um, and then more broadly, you know, out into the community, then like, how what's the what's the community's expectations of us? And, you know, many of the, ch- the churches that I, um that I've worked with most of their programs, if not all of their programs, require people to come into the church or into the church grounds and things. And I keep saying, we're supposed to be out there. We need to turn this inside out. In fact, the church that I've been attending here in, in Montreal, Evangel, that that's kind of one of their mottos. They call themselves the inside out church because the whole thing is, is getting out there, going out where the people are. That's what we're supposed to be doing.
1: So okay. yeah, it's very much a process. Thank you so much to Alfred and I'll have to put a line under the calls uh, just not too long remaining for our conversation and uh, Vanessa I wanted to ask you about another important way in which you might look for solutions here and starting with the individual as you say and within families asking yourself how are we letting one another down. How are we letting one another down in church and what do we do to remedy that? But there's this thing called culture and building a culture, a culture of trust within our own family, a culture of trust within our church that will overflow and that will bear fruit in the whole community. What are your thoughts on on building a culture of trust? Yeah, very much, Um, you know,
2: that's that's what I'm ultimately all about is how do we, uh, how do we make sure that you know, we're, we're living this out on a day-to-day basis? I mean, because cu- culture you know, in, in its simplest form is just you know, the way we do things. Um, culture is not what is not what comes out of our mouth, it's what we, it's what we do, and it's making sure that there's congruence um, between those two things. So, um, so how do we develop a culture uh, of trust in our, in our family? It's getting really clear about what, what do we stand for? What are our values? What underpins us, and how do we want to operate, and how do we want to how do we want to live each, each day, how do we want to be perceived, um, and uh, how do we make sure that we're constantly demonstrating that, and and how do we keep a check on that and measure that, you know, so I measure the levels of of trust, and measure the impact of trust inside organisations and inside families, and um, you know it's it's amazing the growth um, and the fruit that that produces when. You know, when we actually get this right, um, and said, from, certainly from a biblical perspective, you know, we've, we've got to look at the whole concept of love amongst that. So, you know, are we? How do we trust God? Um, and then, how do we love one another? And how does that? You know, and what happens when we do that? And we know the Bible tells us constantly that we produce fruit, um, and it's and it's very evident. And that's what people are looking for. That's what people, you know, we're, to, we're known because of
1: because of those. Vanessa, let me ask you about the grassroots. Here we are making these individual assessments, getting ourselves right before we start to criticize or even make observations about what might be happening with others. But when it comes to a person who is in church life and you recognize that there are leaders uh, who are above them, the idea of accountability and this can go to accountability too uh, whether it's uh, business uh, because there are business leaders and managers and because we have government uh, people who represent us and uh, this expectation and uh, level of accountability people talk about the people who are above us are accountable to the grassroots ultimately that is the case in a lot of circumstances what sort of accountability ought we be expecting from our leaders?
2: Yes, I think They certainly need to be holding themselves to account, but I, but I I do believe that we need we need as a community need to be holding our leaders to account. Um, And I think we talked before. This is what's happening when we're getting grassroots movements where people are saying, "Okay, well, if you don't hold hold yourself to account, then we'll hold you to account um, ourselves." And so, you know, I I try to encourage. You know, of course, again, the Bible encourages us to um, to point out if if Something's not right, you know, if our brother's doing, doing us wrong and, you know, then we, we have a discussion about that. We have a conversation about that. So, um, how can we, rather than just getting disappointed or talking behind people's backs or, or leaving the church altogether, um, you know, we need to be having some very, you know, very open conversations about this stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that I talk about too, and we're seeing this out of the, the Royal Commission is, Often our response is to put policies in place, you know, to try and, you know, legislate or put laws and so on. And, and you know, we know, the, you know from the, you know, the Old Testament to the, to the New Testament, I mean, you, you, trust is different from, from law, and you, can, you can't legislate trust you simply can't legislate trust. So it is very much a cultural thing and a behavioural thing that we need to keep each other to account.
1: And there is a discussion that can continue on Facebook. Uh, There is a Facebook comment from Andrew who says he doesn't believe that faith in the church needs to be restored. The damage to the organised church is possibly irreparable uh, he goes on to talk about uh, the individual believer uh, important for influencing the impact on society I suspect that there does need to be a attempt to bring restoration of trust and we've run out of time to get uh, great insights into that but you might like to uh, talk with Andrew on Facebook and uh, the encouragement there is that you can leave some comments on Facebook and the conversation can continue uh, let me point to a book that Vanessa Hall has written it's called The Truth About Trust in Business. Uh, You might like to get a hold of Vanessa's book. You might also like to visit her website for Entente, E-N-T-E-N-T-E, and that's entente.com.au. And certainly this issue of trust, not an easy one to talk about. Uh, And there are some simple things to apply to ourselves individually that can overflow into our families, to our closest relationships, then into our local church and then into our community because the rebuilding of trust is so important. There is so much at stake. Vanessa Hall, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us uh, from Canada this morning and really appreciate your insights and no doubt there'll be an opportunity on another day to get into some more of this conversation. We've only just scratched the surface. There's so much to talk about. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us on 2020.
2: You're welcome, you're welcome. I'll jump onto Facebook now and take a look at the question.
1: And you might like to reply to those who might like to uh, have a conversation on Facebook. Before you go, thanks for listening.
0: There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported.